0: Hey, sweet mama, do you want to feel patient and calm with your children? Are you sick of constantly overreacting, yelling, and even experiencing mom rage with your family? Do you find yourself up late at night consumed with mom guilt and remorse for your words and actions with your kids? Do you wish you could have daily alone time to feel restored and connect with God? There is a way to take care of yourself guilt free and show up as a calm, patient, and kind mama to your kids. Hey, I'm Elizabeth, and I'm a stress coach for Christian moms. I'm a wife, a mama of four, and the daughter of the king. Want to know how to become present, peaceful, and calm, mama? I'm about to teach you how to connect with God, master your mindset, set healthy boundaries, and be in control of your emotions. My friend, I pray that this podcast blesses you. I'm Elizabeth and you are listening to Emotionally Healthy Legacy Podcast. if you ever wondered what it's like to actually work with a coach, today you get to have a chance to listen to a coaching call. So I have a mama here that has four kiddos and we did a coaching call. I posted on Instagram a while back. Um, if whoever really needs a coaching call, we can set one up and we'll just record it and The mama will remain anonymous, so we don't know who this is. You guys won't know, but you get to listen to what a coaching session is like. Obviously, this was kind of like wasn't really organized, and it was more like we jumped from multiple different topics, but you get to kind of get a feel of what it's like to be coached by me and things we talk about and the struggles that I can support you with so here we go all right well I would love for you to share a little bit with me just kind of like what how many kids you have where do you live what your day-to-day looks like so then we can kind of go from there and um, see which ways you know how we can support you with that
1: I am married a mom to um, beautiful four kids um, uh, my husband, he just finished his PhD, uh, last month. So uh, we had, you, you can say PhD was a baby as well, uh, for six years. <laughs> he was doing, uh, communications, uh, internet communications, security involved, a lot of stuff and which goes over my head and, um, yes. Yeah, so my eldest, she's, um, uh, I have three daughters, uh, one son, um, a daughter, she's eleven and a half. Then son, he's nine and a half. Then I have daughter, she is seven. And my youngest, she is eight, nineteen months. My eldest, she is diagnosed with ADHD. And myself, got diagnosed uh, last year. We were trying to, you know, get my diagnosis before I got, I conceived my daughter. So we were ruling out it's anxiety. Let's let the anxiety come down. Then we can really like pursue what is it really ADHD or was it just um, my anxiety? (laughs) But then uh, we had to pause because you know I got pregnant and we had to wait. And then um, uh, you know postpartum, skyrocketing everything. uh, Too many things.
0: Add a pandemic in the mix and
1: COVID. Absolutely, everybody in the house uh, the the moment when I found out that I'm expecting I cried, mm. and uh, my husband was like, yeah, it's a blessing and you know all that. And I was like, it's that dread that I want to I'm running and somebody's pulling me from behind. It's gonna be all over again. Yeah. Uh, my day to day is um, you know, the mornings are the hardest uh not just for the kids uh over a period of time I see now I'm dreading it and my alarms are going and I can't wake up and the pressure maybe I'm doing the same thing as I'm speaking I'm realizing like I did like I'm giving myself four months and then everything will be back to normal and it's like you know you know, that's the day uh, everything is going to be okay. And I, my kids need to be going on the bus. Uh, you know, like I have made all those, um, yeah. expectations of myself and, and that I should be doing this and I should be. And then when it doesn't happen, I it's, it's just, uh, everything goes to zero. So mm. I'm trying to find the balance that, okay, if it didn't happen, Now, what can we do?
0: Do you wake up with your kids in the morning? Do you wake up a little bit before them? Like, what time do you get up? And do you just jump into your day? Do you have a moment to yourself?
1: Yeah, I did everything, all of those things. So I was, before I was the person waking up before kids, then, uh, you know, slowly this day will start and then, you know, kids would wake up. Not so overwhelming. But then, slowly by slowly, it took more effort, you know, getting things done. And, uh, if, if I woke up late and I have to have this time span that I have to get my kids, you know, ready and everything. And then what time do you go to bed? Uh, the stress of, uh, uh, shutting down my brain and, you know, have to wake up early. I couldn't sleep and other a few. Yeah. Like I was two, uh, two AM I was awake.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that. So, one of the things I like to focus is like what is one thing we can focus on that will be like a domino effect that will positively affect other things. So let's say if you are having a hard time shutting off your brain because of your overthinking or your anxiety or whatever, that will push you into having poor sleep. That will push you into feeling more tired, having a hard time getting up in the morning, and you're gonna be more like rushed and reactive mode. That's going to push you, be more agitated and frustrated because you're rushing, right? That's going to push you into um, maybe yelling at your kids and raising your voice. And it's like a spiral that keeps going. And then you just feel like chaos throughout the day, right? And failure. So yes, and failure, right? So maybe if we go back to your night routine and be able to support you there, so you're actually calm and just like, centered and like peaceful going to sleep, maybe that's going to help you get better night's sleep. You're going to be able to wake up more rested and that's going to little by little affect all the other areas of your life. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. So here's the thing. I'm not like a, a sleep consultant or anything, but I do know several things that are really helpful. So here's a few things. I don't know if you practice any of them, but that can be really helpful that like come to me right away. Shutting off your phone and not being on social media, which is hard. Believe me, I've been guilty there, especially right now with all the news and stuff, right? Nabbing in your phone and set like a boundary. It could be like 9 p.m if you're going to bed at 10, right? Like 9 p.m., it could be 8 p.m., whatever it is. There are apps that, or like there are settings that you can do to actually literally shut off the apps. Like the app will shut down like at 9 p.m. or something. There's like a barrier. Yes, there's a barrier. So it's like a reminder for you, right? Like a barrier. And creating like a night routine that supports you to literally just like calm your body Calm your nervous system. So for you to actually relax and get ready to sleep. Okay. There's a few things that can help you. You could take a hot shower. You can drink some hot tea. Like there's some like sleepy time to your tea that's like super calming and relaxing. That is a possibility. When it comes to shutting off your brain, there's a few things that can be helpful for that journaling is extremely helpful. So writing down, literally it's called brain dumping, everything that's going through your head. It could be your to-do list. It could be like you feeling right now, everything that's happening with Ukraine. It could be like the anxiety about that, whatever is like, it could be conflict you had with your spouse that like is unresolved and you are feeling bitter, resentful, whatever. Like for me, writing stuff on paper is so helpful because it's out of my brain and on paper. I don't have to think about it and like relive it or whatever. Like I literally write it out on paper and I will be like, well, my husband said this and I said this and I think he's wrong. And I like literally, I say emotional vomiting. That's how I call it. I literally emotionally vomit (laughs) on my journal. So then like my brain is just more relaxed. Like it's not keeping track of all those things when I'm going to bed. Another thing is, like, I would – I mean, so we don't have to do all of them. We can start out with one at a time, right? And so here's – another thing is, like, people talk a lot about CBD oil. That is also, like, super calming. That can help you with better sleep. Um, I'm not sure if, if you're still nursing. Maybe I'd have to look into that, like, if that is okay to take. And then I would also try actual, like, either meditation or Mm. visualizing with breath work. I mean, I use the combination Mm. of all of these things because you can turn on a meditation that talks about like being in a peaceful, calm place, which involves deep breathing. Mm. And so it's like using all three of them at the same time, right? Mm. And like, it literally calms your body. You could be doing some stretching before bed, but having a night Mm. routine Um, Maybe it could be half an hour. It could be an hour. I don't know what time your kids go to bed, but having Mm -hmm. a night routine that literally just calms your body and centers you. Reading Mm -hmm. a book is super good for Mm -hmm. your brain to like literally de-stress. So it could be a book that is fun and interesting that doesn't require a lot of brain work that can be super helpful. So I'm just like throwing out some ideas and you tell me what kind of stands out to you that feels good to you. Like when you think about it, you're like, oh my gosh, I really want to try this. I think this will be really helpful.
1: Okay. So I wrote everything down. And, uh, the thing is that I love that I have so many options. First thing is that I have so many options because if uh, somebody gives me an option, there are like one and two and I'm like, so I have to choose. And then suddenly that's like a big, yeah, I'll do it. But I don't think so. But this thing is like, you know what, as I was writing these notes, I'm feeling like some days are different and you don't feel like doing journaling. Sometimes you want to do the meditation piece. And uh, so I can pick and choose and I love it. And definitely, you know, the night routine is uh, one of the hardest thing I was, it was somewhere I was stuck. Mm. And I didn't want to admit it. I I, 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 It was the time when kids would sleep, so my focus is nine p.m. They would go to sleep, but it happens like nine thirty, and you know. But I would be like, uh, "Now I can watch something," mm.
0: uh, and I was like missing that time, and I would waste my. One of the things that I was listening to a podcast, and she's a mom who recently got diagnosed with ADHD. She's a business owner as well, and one of the things she mentioned, she's like. I have to have good sleep. If I don't Mm -hmm. get a good enough, good night's sleep, my ADHD symptoms are way, way worse throughout Mm -hmm. the day. And she does take some medications as well. And Mm -hmm. so, and she takes, and then she does practices. She, She talks a lot about journaling, how insanely helpful it is for all that chaos that is happening in the brain, all the thoughts that are swirling. That is like her number one thing. And the other thing is sleep. So which kind of comes to the things that I mentioned to you, right? So that's what I think, I know for me, I don't do well when I'm I'm running on lack of sleep. I could do like a day of not such a great night of sleep, maybe two, but when it's more than that, it's like, I am not my best self. And that's why I teach a lot about emotional regulation because it's an actual thing that I struggle with. I get like easily overwhelmed, I get easily stressed, I struggle with impulse control, which is all those things. And that's why I teach this because I have to live it and implement it. And I, I understand the struggle. I get it, right? And so um, for you, I think for us, the most helpful thing is for you is creating boundaries with your phone in the evening. Um, decreasing some of that stimulation because the blue light is going to create more... St- it's a it, it creates more stress it, hormone in your brain. And then just like especially right now with all the news and stuff, that creates more anxiety. Your brain is like thinking about those things. Like it just keeps going and you'll wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. And it just... You get poor night of sleep. Okay, so I think creating... A good night, solid night routine that will support you so you sleep better. It's gonna help you with all the other things throughout the day. It will probably help you get up earlier in the mornings before your kids and get your day started a little bit before them, and because you got enough sleep, right? And so you're gonna feel a little bit more rested. So I think that's like one of the things that I think will be really helpful. The other one you mentioned that you wanna set some, um, healthy boundaries were you talking about with your kids specifically or just like your home structure i think uh i i need to have boundaries
1: with everything like you said boundaries with phone it's a new term for me Mm -hmm. um and definitely with my spouse my husband
0: um, so the first thing with your phone, boundaries with your phone, which has been so transformative for me, being a person that easily gets distracted, you're going to love this. Turning off notifications, turning off all notifications. So I, all the apps, so on my phone, on my home screen, I only have like a few things that pop up and it's like, take vitamins and then my notification from I'm like on the weekends, I try not to be too much in social media, but notific, like I don't have anything. I don't have any message notifications here. I don't have any social media notifications here. And actually, actually, when I even open my phone, the only notification I have is like my actual messages right here. And they Um. don't, they don't even ding. You can actually, you can choose, let's say your husband or your mom or someone (laughs) that they're like they can call you mm. and they can be like an emergency contact or something. And like when my husband texts me, it makes a noise. When, when my mom texts me, it makes a noise. Everybody else, no noise at all. Nothing. Unless I open the app and I see like number two or three, like somebody send me a message. And then I'm like, Oh, if I, if I'm That's ready, I'll look mm. my social media like has nothing. And you work on social media. It has no notification, So I only go on there when I am available. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't distract me throughout my day. Okay. So if I'm driving and I hear notification, there's no notification. So your day will feel so much less chaotic when you turn off the notifications on your phone. So mm-hmm. the only app is like that actually makes a noise for me is my instant cart because I need to know when somebody started shopping for me and if they like have some questions or like, or whatever that, I think that's the literally the only app that makes noise. And then when my husband texts me through regular message and my mom, all the other apps, sometimes they don't, I even turned off, like there's no even the red, like one, two or three. I'm like, yeah, most of them I have to go into the app and it could be hours later. And I'm like, Oh, somebody, because if it's an emergency, they're not going to message you. Taxi. They yeah. will call you. Call right? you. Yeah. They will call you. And my calls, I'll come in unless, like, right now I'm with you and I will turn on my phone on silent or I will put it on airplane mode because I'm working and so I don't get distracted at all. Mm. Like, nothing. Unless, like, my husband will call me because he's in an emergency contact and we'll go through. So that will be huge. Your mental chaos will be significantly reduced. Because you don't have those distractions pulling you throughout the day. You will feel a lot more present with your kids as well mm. because you don't hear all those dings. And you don't, yes. even, you don't even see anything. You open your mm. phone and you don't see all those things. Yeah, it's like, come and see me. Yes. <laughs> open me. Yes, yes. So that will be really, really helpful for you. So that would be my recommendation for phone boundaries. Mm. If we're talking about with kids and Mm -hmm. boundaries with kids, let's say going to bed or kids like respecting when you're working, that is something I'm still working on with my kids. But I with my so I have a baby and a toddler with me throughout the day when I'm working. My older Mm -hmm. two are in school. And with my toddler, we have terms like "mom is in work mode." So when mom is in work mode and cannot be interrupted, he gets to be on the tablet. That that's just the easiest for me. I try to take the path of least resistance. Um, When I'm also in work mode in the afternoon and I don't have calls, but I'm in work mode, sometimes he'll take a bath. Sometimes he will just quietly play in his room. And I have one of these timers that you like turn, and it. It, like it get, turns like red or something, and then I like, guess it goes back. Um, I'll I'll show you later. I'll send you a picture. But they're like timers for toddlers, and so we can turn it on for sixty minutes, and it's in his room, and he sees the time go away, how much time he has left. But he, I'm like, okay, Mama's in work mode, and you get to play with whatever toys that you want to. But I'll usually start with him for like five minutes to initiate the play because toddlers sometimes have a hard time starting playing. Absolutely. But yeah. So that's kind of like what I do when it comes to boundaries with my son. So I'm like, okay, mama's going to be in work mode right now. You have five minutes to ask me whatever you need to. Do you need a snack? Do you need to have something to drink? Do you need to use the restroom? Because he still needs my help wiping his butt. But um, he's four and a half right now. So that's kind of the age he's at. So that's kind of what I do when I'm like with my, with my son, when I'm like, okay, I'm in work mode. I try to get stuff done, obviously, when my baby's napping. When it comes to like bedtime, we're still working on it. But with my kids, one of the things that's really helpful is having a timer that goes off on my phone. At like 7.30, I have a timer that rings. It says, get ready for bed. Ten. They tend to argue less with a timer because it's like not you saying it. It's like the timer. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, we have to get ready for bed. and um sometimes like having competition, who gets ready for bed faster. And I'm like, okay, if you want mommy to lay down with you for a little bit, you have to be in bed by 830. And then mama's going to lay down with you. And like, I can usually lay down with them, check in with them. I'm like, okay, if you really want mama to lay down, whoever gets ready for bed first, I get to lay down with them first. And so then I will like, if I am doing well mentally myself that day, obviously, sometimes we have hard days, and we're just not available. We're just so checked out. But, um, if it's a good day or a decent day, I will be like, okay, I'm going to lay down with you guys. And you know, you, whoever gets to bed quicker, I'll lay down with them. And then I'm like nine o'clock, I'm off duty. That's it. Like I'm done. No, like if they come out of bed, I'm like, nope, I'm not answering questions. That's a boundary. I love you, but I am done for the day. Like I'm not answering questions. There's no snacks, like nothing. Nine o'clock we're out. Like they can still have the lights on, um, like by their bed and they can like play with their toys or read a book or something, but they're not allowed to come out of their bed. Obviously they still try. We just send them back to their room. They're like, Nope, it's after nine o'clock. Like we're done for the day. And so, um, that's been kind of helpful with my kids. Um, sometimes they need something to do in their room, um, because they get bored. Audiobooks help. Um, sometimes they play with Legos. My older one likes to read when like at nighttime to decompress at the end of the day. So just kind of finding what your kids like to do. Just Sometimes they just come out because they're bored and they can't fall asleep yet. But I'm like, okay, that's fine that you're bored. Here's something to do, but you need to stay in your room. And so um, boundaries with spouse, it's like a whole nother conversation I think that would take a very long time but there's a lot of great books that um, teach on boundaries Um, I don't know if you ever came across the book boundaries there's it's called books. yeah so you can listen to audiobooks or um, you know I don't know if you have time to read paper books but I I love to you do okay so paper books so there's one that's called boundaries in marriage um, when I was start, I, when I first started going to therapy, the first book she recommended was "Codependent No More," and then "Boundaries in Marriage" were the two books that she's like. And then it talks about having healthy boundaries in marriage. Um, the authors are Christian based, but they do have a lot of really good information. So it's definitely, like, I love the faith. I mean, I find it's very similar, and
1: I can connect more to if it's more like. You know, faith-based and yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So the authors are really good. I Mm -hmm. so those books have been so transformative. They have like boundaries with kids. They have basic book like boundaries. But the the first one that came out was just boundaries. But all of those books are so so helpful that were so transformative because we oftentimes think of like boundaries are selfish. Mm -hmm. It's like you know that's kind of like the mentality that a lot of us were grew up in. We need to give and give and give yeah, and give without yeah. limits. That's like the right thing to do. That's like, you know, the honorable thing to do. And then we end up giving out of empty and we feel resentful and bitter. We're run, run down. We're overwhelmed. We're burnt out and we're reactive. We're not even happy when we give. And so um, boundaries is really, really good. So, um, so I would recommend that one specifically for like boundaries in marriage um, because yeah. it's, Boundaries are not about controlling other people. Boundaries are about controlling How to keep yourself. your own safe? Yeah, yes. your space. So one of the like the best analogies I found that was really really good. Boundaries is like a screen door. You let the fresh air in and you keep the bugs out. Mm. So it's about you. It's like, you can't change your spouse. You can't make them do anything realistically. If you try to control them, that creates even more frustration and stress, right? But what you can do is boundaries, how you handle and respond, right? So for example, I cannot stop my son from disrespecting me, but what I can do is set a boundary and be like, I don't allow people to talk to me like that. Mm. So if you want to talk to me, I'm ready to talk to you, but it has to be respectful. I'll be waiting for you in another room. Or if your husband is like yelling at you, you can't make him stop yelling, but you'd be like, hey, I am more than ready to talk to you, but right now is not a good time because I am emotionally charged. I don't want to say something I regret. If you keep yelling at me, I'm going to grab the car keys and go for a drive. Like it's not about controlling him and stopping him. It's about protecting yourself. And it's about what you do not about what they do. Right. So it's really, really helpful.
1: Um, if I'm trying to, you know, create a boundary and if I'm trying to give myself time and like, if I'm trying to work on my work, I would feel guilty. And it's like, I'm doing something wrong. And if somebody is like coming on, like my kids is saying something and I'll be like, Uh, Yeah. So they do need my time. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was wrong about, you know, doing this at this time or uh, I should be, you know, again, the giving, giving, giving what we have learned that uh, if I'm not giving uh, all the time, something's wrong is happening and Mm -hmm. I'm giving myself time or doing something i have to be uh you know i have to be mad or i have to be angry that everybody would know okay she's mad she's angry so now she can have her time mm. you know okay. so yeah to understand that it's okay that i'm enough that i what i'm doing um uh, and uh definitely what i see when you said this uh, tip about um I feel a lot like that with my kids also when, you know, trying to do peaceful parenting and doing a lot of unlearning what we have learned. Uh, No emotions allowed. Only when you're happy, you're with us, you're sad, mad, angry, go in your room, get yourself, you know, get your together and then come back. So uh, to understand, you know, to get, I get uncomfortable. Okay. The kid is screaming. And either I am um, either I'm also screaming And if I'm not, then I'm like, I'll be quiet. So what I'm doing a lot is that I don't really react and I would just become quiet and I'll just not really. You shut down. Yes. And then because I don't want to do the same thing, what happened to me Mm -hmm. and I don't want them to learn. And then I'm like, what do I do next? And then I'm lost because all my energy was not to react. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm such a bad mother. They don't even know how to, you know, when they are mad or angry, how to address that. Yeah. And then, but what, what I find this pattern, like you said, that I will lay with you. Because when, when we become one of that, you know, giving, 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 and then you're like, I'm already doing so much and uh, just, you know, eat food and just leave me alone. But they are still craving that connection, and uh, okay, we have bad days. They can be two three days, but one or two days can be some good days. So one or two days are also now subtracted, because we were, you know, in that cycle. We now one two days, which we can give, is done. So like giving them this, you know, um, initiative. I'll be with, langu- because they love it. They love it. So I know this is going to work like magic. And my kids, thank God, they tend to stay in their bed. Good, good. Very rarely good. they come up. Yeah. So getting them there is the hardest.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah, and then it's getting late and then sometimes I'll just skip the toothbrush. And then, you know, and then I'm becoming like, okay, just because, you know, putting them on, in bed was so hard, I had to skip a few things. And uh, mm-hmm. if somebody remembered, good. If not, I, I'll be like, okay, let it go but this initiative i love it i love it so much that i can't tell you and i'm i find a pattern that i can use in so many other places Mm -hmm. uh that this can work
0: okay so believing in yourself and like having mom guilt i mean i feel like there's a lot of mindset shifts that need to happen so and then you mentioned about like shutting down i think like we've touched on a lot of things and um gets a lot. I'm trying to figure out which one to focus on. So believing in yourself is doing, it's like a, it's a mindset shift. And so which involves a lot of times journaling and talking through why you feel mom guilt to begin with. It all comes back to like old beliefs, your family of origin, the way your mom was doing things, the way your let's say, like aunts and aunts we're doing things the way like the society talks to us. It comes back to our beliefs, and so if we believe it's wrong for mom to work and her, let's say, it, it's a bad like she's a bad mom because she's working and her attention's divided, then you're gonna feel mom guilt. But if you, and,
1: and, and, sorry, I, one more thing is that and then we feel lonely because if I call back to my mom and I'm, if I address this. She will tell me what she knows, and yeah. and I'm going against it, and then I'm I'll be the rebellious child or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I don't so. want to do that. I don't want to spoil the relationship we have now. And I'm like, yeah. where do I go?
0: So I feel like changing. So like it would be like journaling and be like, I wonder why I feel guilty when I work and you know I don't give my full attention to my kids. It's like for me, this is how I would journal. It's like. It's probably because my mom, she never worked. Let's say she was always Mm. available and present. And that's Mm. my definition of a good mom, Mm. you know, Mm. and I want to change my definition. A good mom can have a job, like a side job that she enjoys It is good for my kids to see that I do something for myself and I bring in some income for the family or whatever. Like it is a good thing because when I do something I enjoy, I show up in a better way for my family. I don't resent my family and all their needs because I do something for myself. So you shift, you can write about it. You can speak to it yourself, to yourself, like looking in the mirror. I am a good mom and it's good for me to work outside of being a stay-at-home mom, it fills my cup, it helps me thrive and show up as a better mom. Like, you you can choose what a good mom is. Like, you don't have to follow your pattern of origin the way your, let's say, your mom has been doing things, right? So, like, so shifting your mindset and, like, going back to the core belief and doing, like, a counter-affirmation. Like, counter from what your belief is. So if your belief is like a good mom is always present and she never works outside of the home, she's always available. Like a counter belief is like, it's good for my kids to see that I'm a working mom that I work part of the time and I bring in some income and I do something that I enjoy. Like, so you make an affirmation that's counter to what your old belief is and something you repeat or journal or even say to yourself on a regular basis when you start feeling those guilty feelings. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Um, when it comes to, um, you were talking about like shutting down when um, you feel like it took you so much energy to stay calm and you shut down. So here's the thing, um, when we all have like three main parts of the brain when it comes to emotional regulation. So here's our frontal lobe right here. This is right now where you and I are in our frontal lobe. We, it's problem solving, logical thinking. It helps us make choices on our values. Um, It is, it's logical. It's mature. It doesn't get fully developed till your mid twenties. That's why kids are so immature and make silly choices that don't make no sense um, so this is where we are in this part of the brain. When we feel triggered, when we feel overwhelmed, when things, when feel out of control, we shift to our emotional part of the brain, which is a little bit further back over here. And that part of the brain is disrespectful. When we are in that part of the brain, it, um, it is so much harder to regulate our emotions. Like to stay calm, it's we feel a lot more agitated. We feel a lot more frustrated, annoyed. It's gonna. You only see your perspective when you're in that part of the brain. So if you're having a conflict with your husband and you're emotionally charged, you only see your perspective. You don't see how he's right. You only see how you are right. You be, Sometimes you come out disrespectful in your tone of voice, right? And so facial expressions. Yes. So it's kind of like in that moodiness, right? Mm. Let's let's call it that part of the brain, and then. And it usually comes out all in our words and our attitudes. And then we have our survival part of the brain, which is back where our brainstem is. This is when babies are born, that is fully developed. And that is our fight, flight, or freeze. Okay. Mm. So when, let's say we feel some sort of attack, when something feels like too much, some people fight, they start to verbally fight, they start to physically fight, right? Mm. Because when they feel some sort of threat, it's fight mode some people freeze they like shut down um they just like they can't handle it like they you know sometimes people like get overwhelmed in a conversation and they literally just shut down that would be like freeze and some people like flee they literally just walk away like Mm -hmm. i'm not having any of this Mm -hmm. i don't want to deal with it Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna i'm out of here that's Mm -hmm. flee. okay some of them is like this automatic comes from your family of origin. Some of it is just like just the way you are. Like you don't really get to choose your automatic, your mm. automatic um, survival kind of like reaction, right? So with you, it could be just you freeze, you shut down. Like, mm. and that's because it takes so much energy to emotionally regulate, it becomes too much. It becomes like a threat to your brain, and you freeze. And so, so how do we help ourselves get back to our thinking brain, which is the one that helps Mm -hmm. us kind of problem solve, make positive choices, kind of uh, that part of the brain is acts on our values. It helps us like you and I are having a conversation. It helps us be understanding about our kids feelings. That's, that's why when you are, let's say your child is having a meltdown. You read all these stuff online about gentle parenting and your Mm. child is having a meltdown and you get triggered and everything you've learned is out the window. You literally Mm. cannot learn, think anything (laughs) because when you are in your emotional or survival part of the brain, it literally shuts off your thinking brain. It just shuts it off. Mm. That's why you cannot remember any of the skills. It's not because you're a bad mom. It's because it literally shuts off. And if you're in your emotional part of the brain or your survival part of the brain, you're it's automatic reactions that old pathways have been there for years. So you're working against automatic reactions. So what do we do? What do we actually do? So here's the thing. We need to make sure our brain feels safe again in order for it. The thinking brain to turn back on. We need to send a safety signal to our brain. Okay, so when we experience a trigger or a threat, it will shift us to emotional or survival part of the brain. Depending depending on how severe the trigger or the threat is. Let's say if your kid is trying to hit you, or you're like that's a threat to your brain. If your kid is being disrespectful, that's a threat. If someone's yelling, that's a threat. So it, like it depends. Like if it shifts you to emotional or survival part of the brain. And so we need to send a safety signal back to our brain. For some people, it's deep breathing. For some people, it's affirmations. For some people, like you have to walk away and like do visualization, like being in a calm place. Some people need to do like some sort of like either count backwards, like from 100, skipping by two because it forces that thinking brain to turn back on that like sends a safety signal to your brain. So everybody's different, some people need to pace, they need to walk away and like pace back and forth. So here's the thing, if at all possible, when you are triggered, when things feel really tense, if everyone is physically safe, if at all possible, it is really wise to walk away. Because if we stay in that stressful situation, if we stay in that trigger, it's going to make everything much harder for our brain. Okay. Our brain needs to have safety to calm down and turn back that thinking brain back on. Does that make sense? And so what I do with my kids, if like everything is okay, if nobody's like, you know, hitting anybody or like (laughs) not on fire or whatever. Sometimes I turn on cartoons for them if I actually need a break and I'd be like, Hey, I need to have a break. I feel like I'm about to blow up and I don't want to yell at anybody. For me, it's like verbally exploding and raising my voice to you. It'd be shutting down. Right. And you're like, I need a moment to myself. I need 10 minutes. Okay. So you can either give them something to do or you can turn on some cartoons and I will, walk away. I'll go to the bathroom. I'll go to my room, wherever I need to. And for me, if there's noise in the background, I sometimes plug my ears and I'll do some deep breathing and I'll say some affirmations or visualize myself in a calm place. That's what I need. Personally, to calm my nervous system down. Everybody's a little different, so you have to kind of figure out what works for you. Sometimes I co- turn on um, meditation, like meditative music, which is super calming for me. And I literally picture myself on the beach. And if I'm like having a hard time, like the other day, I don't know if you watched my stories on Instagram yesterday, but I had a really hard time. And like on Saturday, I just broke down and I was crying. And I sat down on the kitchen floor and I. And I literally had to tell myself, I'm doing my best and that is enough. I'm doing my best and that is enough. I like kept repeating that, I'm a good mom who's having a hard time. I'm a good mom who's having a hard time. I got this. I can handle this. Like So some positive affirmation that will allow your brain to feel safe. Because if you tell yourself, this is too much, I can't handle this, this is too hard, that puts your brain more into threat mode. That's like supports your brain feeling threatened already versus sending a safety signal, because what you tell yourself will bring out what you feel, right? Your thoughts are going to bring out your feelings and your feelings are going to bring out your actions, right? So if you tell yourself, Oh, I'm just not patient. Oh, I'm just like, you know, I easily get triggered. Well, it might be true, but if you keep saying that out loud then, yeah, but if you tell yourself, I'm working on being more patient, I'm becoming a patient mom, this is hard, but I can do this. Like you're supporting yourself with your words, right? Like what we say to ourselves is so powerful. <sighs> this was a lot. How do you so feel lovely. about our, How do you feel about our conversation?
1: Um, I, I, I love it, and uh, I think uh, it's going to help me. Um, you know, a parent my kids. Uh, I mean, my daughter. She struggles again. You know, with the emotional thing, and I feel lost, and I mm. just feel bad, and and that's it. I don't know what to do at that moment. You know, and now I think I can feel that modeling, and I can help her. We can even practice because uh, I'm. I'm. We have worked on it. That there are a few things we. As a human, everybody has their uh, strengths and weaknesses, and that's fine. Uh, We're not going to bash ourselves or say bad things because we have these weaknesses. So we're going to work them and, you know, make them into our strengths. So but then I'm lost. What do I do? Because this emotional thing is where I really free, freeze. Yeah. So and this is yeah, be very I'm
0: glad helpful. that's helpful. And also with like kids with ADHD, what I've been learning so much about lately, so their frontal lobe, the one that helps them emotionally regulate and do like um calm down, it's um it's not I think it's like either underdeveloped, or I mean, they everybody's underdeveloped, <laughs> at, <laughs> and they, but they are even like <laughs> my toddler's making her laugh. Awesome, we have a laughing baby in the background. But that awesome. part of the brain is even slower developed than like an average child. So um, it's so much harder for them to control their impulses and their emotions and regulate their emotions. So when they have an emotion, it's so much bigger than other kids, and it takes them so much longer to ride the wave which makes it even more challenging for you, right? If you have ADHD you're even more like easily triggered. So it's like a cycle, right? And mm-hmm. it takes so much energy to regulate yourself, stay calm and like with them. So like being understanding and knowing is one thing, but actually doing it in the heat of the moment is so much harder. So like mm-hmm. give yourself grace. If you mess up, if you have to walk away and it's not about like if you have to walk away, not to ignore your child, but because you're struggling and you don't want to get sucked into it, like over time, you're going to get more comfortable with their feelings, but it just takes so much practice. So give yourself grace. When we mess up, we all have hard days. Remind yourself, I'm a good mom who had a hard day. It makes sense. I had a lot on my plate. It makes sense that I lost it because all these things were happening. I hope that was helpful for you. I hope we um, that was Thank kind of high opening so for some of the things you got a little it bit more was. Time. As you're listening to this coaching call, and if you're thinking, oh my goodness, this is what I need help with. This resonates with me so much. I really need support. I'm so done struggling on my own and trying to do things on my own. I am sick and tired of feeling where I'm at. I am ready for a change. I'm ready to take action. I deserve more than just survival mode. You can go in the show notes on the bottom over there. You can schedule through a link a free stress management call. If those times don't work out for you, I understand. Reach out to me via Instagram or email, also in the show notes, and we can figure out a time that works because I can be a little bit more flexible with my schedule. It's just I need to know ahead of time, right? Um, So if this really resonates with you, take action. You don't have to silently struggle. You can do something about it, and I'm here to support you. Hi, friend. Hi, friend. Did you learn something new or found value in this episode? If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with one Christian mama friend who has young kiddos and could benefit from this message? Word of mouth is the best way to spread the word and grow this podcast. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, would you please rate and review on Apple Podcasts so I know that this content is helpful and I can continue to create more episodes. This is really the only way for me to know that you are blessed by this podcast. I'll see you soon, my friend. God bless you.